Episode three of The Voice of Healthcare is all about medical adherence. We interview special guest Dr. Sati Salam about Your Med Info, his new company, his background, The Echo Show, and much more. Enjoy. Hi, and welcome to episode three of The Voice of Healthcare the podcast designed to examine all aspects of how voice is interacting with the healthcare sector. My co-host is Dr. Matt Sabolsky, Principal of Ionia. Matt, say hello. Hi, everyone. Good to join you again, Brad. Absolutely, Matt. And I'm Bradley Metrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing based here in Nashville. Our guest here today is Dr. Saji Salam. Dr. Salam, say hello. Hey, hey, Brad and Matt. Uh, Great to be on your show. Thank you for setting the time aside, Saji, and we greatly appreciate that. So rather than me explain all the different things you've done, uh, I'm just going to give you the floor, share with us some of your background um, leading all the way up to what it is you're doing right now in the healthcare space. Well, absolutely. Um, I'm Dr. Saji Salam. I'm a physician by training. And uh, as my friends say, a physician gone bad or crazy <laughs> because I've been doing too many things. So even during med school days, I was the um, uh, leader of the students' union and then later the uh, junior doctors' union. And, and uh, incidentally, we were put in jail by the communist government because we were campaigning for some uh, public health uh, issues. So, you know, so that was one side of what was going on. And then um, um, I was also involved in the, in the visual media. We brought out some... Uh, three, four episodes of um, uh, news capsule uh, in in Kerala, which is the uh, place um, I lived in in India um, during my med school days. So, you know, with all those uh, strange things going on as a physician, I I moved on to do, uh, uh, to take a degree in um, uh, business administration. And so I went off to UK to do my MBA in healthcare. And since then I've been working with uh, uh, firms like Accenture and Deloitte, uh, consulting for health insurance companies, health providers, um, and uh, specialty pharma companies uh, on a variety of healthcare strategy, management consulting, and technology areas. So this is what I've been doing for over 15, 16 years now, and I've done this in um, um, Asia, Europe, and, and North America. And um, at a certain point last year, I decided to move into um, starting up my own venture, uh, which has um, uh, various components of artificial intelligence in healthcare. And we started off with uh, uh, the first slice of that um, using voice technologies or Alexa for, uh, for a special problem in, in healthcare, uh, which is around medication. So you, the name of your company is Your Med Info. What stage of it are you at? Do you have a working prototype um, on Alexa, or are you just now getting it going? Where, where are you at in terms of uh, Your Med Info development? Oh, sure. Um, so you know, let me just talk a little bit about Your Med Info. And um, you know, Your Med Info is a company that is focused to address a growing challenge of non-adherence to uh, prescribed medication. Uh, which is costing the U.S. healthcare industry about uh, $300 billion in, in direct and indirect cost. And if we look at a country like Canada, it is costing Canada about $12 billion. So this is, uh, if you look at the U.S., this is about 10% of our healthcare budget that is going waste because people are not uh, adhering to the prescribed medication. 
And so, uh, yeah, sorry. No, no, I apologize for interrupting you. So uh, let's say that I am a, um, uh, you know, I'm I'm a senior citizen, and I've got some medicine that I need to be taking. Or if I I'm a cancer patient, I've got medicine I need to be taking. Um, how does your software? determine that I'm not taking it and try to get me to follow instructions more often. Right. So, you know, you brought up a good point about, you know, patients not, um, you know, taking medication, be it cancer patients or other patients. Uh, but the, according to the stats that we have, 50% of patients with chronic disease are not adhering to medication. Um, and, um, uh, and, and if you look at those patients with chronic diseases, you're looking at about 160 million in the U.S. by 2020. And for Canada, we have a figure of about 10 million by 2036. So that's a large number of, of patients who are uh, a, a, a living with chronic disease and 50% and of them are non-adherent to medication. So uh, before we go to the solution itself, I wanted to talk a little bit about why this is happening and, and what we could do to, to fix it. And then we talk a little bit about the role that our application will play. Um, according to the studies done, um, uh, the causes for non-adherence is, uh, are a couple of them. One is behavioral issues such as procrastination or forgetfulness. Uh, the other is you have multiple medications, so keeping track of all that. And, um, and, and then there are complicated dosing schedules. It, it makes it tricky for patients to keep up with all that. Um, the other uh, big uh, issues around non-adherence is one related to picking up from the pharmacy. You know, you might not have somebody to go pick it up. You might not be mobile yourself. So uh, that is one issue. And then, of course, high deductibles and, and high co-pays in patients with health insurance. So these are some of the major causes that lead to non-adherence when it comes to uh, prescribed medications. So, hey, Saji, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hate to interrupt, but where, where are you getting these figures from? This is, I'm curious. Oh, these, the one which I just talked about, these numbers, this is a white paper from Express Script, which is published out there. I can send you the link um, to, to those papers after uh, the call, if that works. Sure, and we'll put that into the show notes. Sure, yeah, that'd be helpful. Um, and I've got a question for you too. Sure. Um, so, and this is just a dumb question. I'm fine mm -hmm. to, to be the person to ask it. What mm -hmm. does non-adherence mean? Does that uh, mean that, um, you know, I, I decided I'm no longer taking anything that those silly doctors asked me to mm -hmm. do, or it means that, uh, I just didn't listen clearly enough and I'm, I think I'm following instructions, but I'm actually not. Mm -hmm. it, it is is a combination of uh, you know many of these. In in some cases, patients are like, hey, they just forgot, you know, and uh, they have too many medications, so they you know uh, struggling to cope with all that. And there may be some cases where uh, patients experiment. You know, they are uh, they are like, hey, I mean, uh, I've been taking this medication for this long. Let me not take it for a week and see what happens, you know. Uh, so those situations are there. And then there are some other genuine situations where they are traveling or some other uh, situations which are out of their control. But it could be a variety of these reasons that, that lead to, to, to non-adherence with uh, medications prescribed. Okay, great. So, so now that we talked about some of the, uh, 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 the numbers around it, um, you know, well, let's look at um, what 
the application can do because uh, we address some of the uh, issues around this. Um, so one issue around patient uh, uh, around non-adherence is the patient education component. So let's say a patient goes to the uh, pharmacy, picks up a medication, or in some cases, and uh, if we have a senior patient or a bedridden patient, it is it is somebody at home or the caregiver who go, goes and picks up the medication. The pharmacist talks to the person. That person comes and talks to the patient. We have a, a lost in translation situation, right? So um, uh, here is where uh, Alexa and Echo Dot and our skill uh, can come handy. So we are able to uh, capture um, information, let's say about drugs like, simple as ibuprofen or the specialty pharmaceutical drugs like Harvoni on, on Alexa. So, uh, so we are able to have information stored in Alexa related to medication information, drug interaction, side effects, dosage, frequency, how to take the medication and things like that. And this becomes important in, uh, in uh, medications like, even like, you know, simple medications like ibuprofen, but it becomes all the more important in medications like a Harvoni. A Harvoni pill costs you a thousand bucks, right? So you want to make sure... And what that, does that do? Uh, that is a treatment for hepatitis C. Okay. Right. But this is a whole new class of drugs called specialty pharma, which is uh, about... Uh, these are very high-priced drugs, and they are now about one-third of our pharma spend. Um, every year, the U.S. spends about $450 billion in, in pharmaceuticals, and of that, $150 uh, uh, billion is spent on the specialty pharma or high-priced drugs which have um, complex uh, dosing schedules. Um, some have issues in terms of how they are constituted and all that. So for, uh, so for such drugs and in drugs in general, the patient may listen to the instructions once um, and then uh, that's it. So how would they uh, listen to the instructions from person to person or from your skill? Right. The, the current situation is they listen to the pharmacist or the doctor who says that, hey, take this pill. This is how we should take it. But now on the skill, you can say, hey, I, I'm, you know, Alexa, um, I want to know more about this drug. OK, so that is where Alexa then goes about saying that this is the drug. These are the things you need to know about. And again, Alexa prompts them and asks, hey, is there a specific area you want to hear more about? Like, do you want to hear more about drug interactions or how to take the medication? So then the patient can go back and say, hey, yeah, I want to know more about uh, how to take the patient medication uh, or how I take the, uh, um, uh, what about the side effects of that drug? So, so this is very, uh, uh, you know, general information about the drug. But to your question, uh, about how does Alexa, you know, about Alexa knowing knowing more about the drug, the we, we can provide more personalized patient in, uh, education. So based on the patient's uh, history and the medication the patient is taking, um, Alexa would open up and say, "Hey, uh, Todd, you know, this is your medication. Did you take this specific medication?" and this is the dose you should be taking on, et cetera. So um, Alexa is able to recognize, uh, based on the patient's name, what uh, medicine the patient is taking. And we do that by bringing in the data from the pharmacy systems into 
um, into in, into Alexa. Yeah, fascinating. Now tell us, how does the skill work with compliance and med adherence? Very curious about what you guys have done with that, considering um, how Alexa communicates with patients or with the consumer. Correct. Yeah. So uh, Alexa is able to do a couple of things. You know, one now Alexa knows that this is Matt and this is the medication that Matt is taking. Uh, Alexa also has the dosage information. Uh, Alexa knows that Matt should be taking this medication every six hours. Uh, and so based on that, uh, we, you know, in the back end, we are able to send text messages and emails or even phone calls to to the patient reminding him or her that the medication is due at this time. Um, so that is one thing that uh, Alexa is able to do. The other uh, 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 that our skill is do, able to do using uh, Alexa is to send refill requests. So if you want to send a refill request to the pharmaceutical uh, company, instance to the pharmacy, we can, it, it is very much automated. Um, unlike the current situation where in some countries like um, Canada, it is a long drawn process where you, even if you do that on a, a computer, you have to key in so many uh, names and codes and all that. But uh, using our MedInfo platform, we know that Matt is taking this medication and he needs a refill. Yeah. Um, and, how does and that, do how do you guys connect that to me as the patient regarding the meds I'm taking, the schedule? the mm -hmm. dosage, the refills, mm -hmm. are you connecting to another data table that's being managed somewhere else? Or how would you guys set that up if you're able to talk about it? Oh, absolutely. Yes. You know, we, for this personalized information, we need to connect to uh, the pharmacy um, database or the health insurance pro database if they have the uh, source of data. But we definitely need to connect to um, a, a database which has got the patient information and, and the uh, uh, drugs that the patient is on. Um, um, so, has that been a challenge? Uh, we haven't connected yet, but uh, my background also includes uh, in a, you know, connecting with uh, over 50 healthcare applications to an electronic medical record as part of a 700 million implementation of that uh, electronic medical record. So from my experience, I, I don't think connecting that um, would be a big challenge. Sure, and I appreciate you sharing that. I want—I just wanted to get a better sense of sort of where you were at, and it, you're pretty far along, obviously. I've got another mm -hmm. question for you. Sure. So I've been in the situation before, you know, um, as I mentioned on previous episodes of this podcast, I'm not in the healthcare industry. Mm -hmm. I just have received healthcare from time to time. And when I have... Something that seems to happen, you know, I, I'm a taller guy, you know, I'm, uh, my, uh, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. And so, you know, from, from a prescription standpoint, um, there's situations that will come up where I, I don't always need all of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I find myself talking to a doctor saying, you know, do I really need to take the rest of this? Yes, you do. Or do I really need to take the rest of this and finish out the prescription? No, yeah, that's all right. Um, you know, it's, it doesn't quite fit exactly with what you're talking about with medical adherence or, you know, prescription adherence, cause I've adhered to the prescription, but I still have questions. Mm -hmm. Is your platform, uh, are you with your platform? Are you contemplating, um, being able to have that sort of dialogue that would enable people to ask, 
um, any sort of extra questions like that and connecting them with a doctor or helping them manage um, prescriptions, even in the event that they have adhered to them? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So uh, up until now, when we developed the application, um, uh, Alexa could not co- make a call directly to a pharmacy or, or any other phone number. So we used uh, UMA, which is another you know, VOIP phone service, which is on Alexa uh, uh, to, to make the call. But recently, Amazon came out with uh, an option to call directly. So if this pharmacy has an Echo device, uh, my Echo device can just call them directly and bypass UMA. So the, to, to answer your question, um, let's say you have a certain, uh, certain prescription with you and after a week or so you have a bunch of questions, um, you just ask Alexa to connect you to the pharmacy. And then uh, based on the information that we have on you, um, Alexa would know that uh, this is your pharmacy, this is your primary care physician, et cetera, and, and then uh, it'll connect you uh, directly. And then yeah, that'd be great. Let's uh, shift gears uh, for a few minutes to the news of the week um, and talk about the launch of the Echo Show. So Amazon um, is coming out with the Echo Show this week. It is a combination of the Alexa voice assistant with a pretty large-sized screen um, as well as a camera. Um, and it's, if you see the form factor, it looks like an alarm clock that would sit next to your bed on your nightstand or whatever, but it can go anywhere, obviously. And, um, so Sachi, I want to ask you, um, just for some general thoughts on Mm -hmm. how, uh, voice assistants have progressed to the point where we now have the echo show this week and, and are you excited about it or, or just sort of sitting on the sitting on the fence waiting to see how adoption is? Uh, you know, I, let me go back a little bit. You know, I just saw the video of Echo Show and it, it looks amazing and you do a little more deeper dive into that. But, um, to, you know, when I started off with uh, your Medinfo, initially, uh, my thought was to work with a robotics company where I would have a combination of voice, uh, also a graphical user interface like a screen and, and vision. Um, and, uh, so when I looked at what is out in the marketplace, um, I thought it was, uh, it, it made sense to go with echo because they have already sold, uh, 5 million devices. And even though the, the, the graphical user interface and the vision was not there, I was hopeful that Amazon would come with something later on. So I'm really excited because these were the three things I was looking for. Um, and I was going after a robotics company to get that going. But, um, uh, but now that um, Echo Show is here, I'm, I'm just uh, you know, excited and, and, and curious to see what all um, Echo Show can do for us. It would work well for your platform just to, <laughs> from a layman's perspective because, um, or, or anybody trying to do something like what you're doing mm-hmm. because you've got um, the screen. And when you see you know, the promotional pictures that Amazon's put out there of this thing, it's easy to imagine. Um, so I've got a prescription. Uh, oh, shoot, I forgot to take it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was supposed to take it twice yesterday and I forgot, uh, now what should I take it, you know, three times today or should I take it two times or should I take it none 
oh, well, you know what? Here's a here's a uh, uh, Echo Show with the screen. Let me get my uh, primary care doctor uh, on the line, able to talk to me face to face over video chat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one on one. It's easy to to imagine that sort of scenario. So I could see why you'd be excited about it. I know I am. Oh yeah, absolutely. So you know, to me, uh, the Echo Show is like a non-intrusive robo uh, at home, right? Because it has got a, a vision component, it has got a speech component, and it's also got a screen. Um, and and these were the things that you, that you really need. Well, it's um, also it's also got a drop-in feature, so it can be it can be quite intrusive. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, that, that is there. But in, in terms of look and feel, right, you have a robot that is clunky and moving about and, and falling down, <laughs> you know, uh, to something which just, a, just a, uh, does the job and it is there. Uh, uh, and, and, very, and it doesn't look threatening, you know. It doesn't look like I have a robot looking after me or taking care of me. It just looks like something um, on the nightstand, right? And, and by the patient and uh, and, and I, to me I think this is th- there's a lot of potential uh, to explore this um, and, and and this actually fits in with the uh, the kind of things we were doing so I talked about uh, earlier about um, what we're looking to do in artificial intelligence and uh, Alexa and voice-based technologies is one the second one we were looking at was uh, was image recognition um, and the third is about uh, voice analysis. So for uh, using Echo Show, I think we can do uh, some of these. And then depending on how the camera on Echo Show improves, um, and I'm sure it will um, over time, the functionality that can be brought in there from a healthcare perspective would be phenomenal. So it's a device that offers fantastic output, mm-hmm. but it requires input. Mm-hmm. to be useful. So how are you handling that issue knowing you have to have a human interacting with it, regardless of a monitor, regardless of a microphone? Um, I mean, what is it about what you're putting together or even the challenge of getting past that very fact that you're addressing? Right. You mean from the user experience standpoint? Is that your... Well, you're, you're, you know, you're developing a skill mm-hmm. and you're developing a tool that humans and patients specifically need to interact with. Right. If Alexa Show and Alexa Echo um, are great at being output devices, right. um, this doesn't necessarily attract me as a consumer or a patient to give mm-hmm. it input. Oh, correct, yeah. So in terms of adoption, I think uh, on a large scale, um, there are some uh, challenges, um, especially around the, uh, uh, the cost of doing that. Right. So for it to get to a patient... Um, the patient should spend about, I mean, for Echo Dot, 40 bucks. So when I talked to, when we talked to the um, health insurance company in Canada, that was their primary concern. So they, uh, they their point of view was, hey, let's say we are going to implement that, this for uh, 1 million people, right? We are talking about 40 million in, in cost for the device. So it could be a different scenario once the adoption picks up. So uh, and and uh, already I think uh, Echo Dot has sold about six to eight million devices in the U.S. and we get to a point where we have 100 or 200 million uh, devices, then um, you know this should not be a problem. But the first challenge itself is about having the device itself, 
Um, the second challenge in, in healthcare, uh, like anything uh, uh, technology related in healthcare, is, is the security of it. Um, but um, Amazon's uh, uh, policies are HIPAA compliant, so they meet the um, uh, the, the government requir- regulations around health uh, information, privacy, and security, and um, so that that takes care of some of that. Um, but for the patient, other than that, for the patient, I think this is pretty uh, easy to interface. You know, I remember growing up in an age where we were excited about seeing uh, Microsoft Word and, 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 and able to use the uh, drag and drop features and click the, you know, the buttons, right? So we grew up in, in that uh, 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 world. Um, but what I'm also seeing is that there are some young adopters of uh, Echo. So a couple of my friend's kids, uh, you know, four and five years old, are using uh, Echo already. My so, son would play with it all the time if I let him. Yeah. So what what will happen in the future, in my mind, is that you know language and and, and speech is our natural uh, interface, right? So we don't want to be typing and we don't want to be uh, you know playing with your smartphone. You would rather be talking to it, which is a natural thing to do. So I think that uh, this makes it uh, uh, much more easy to attract that. Demographics, which which will be just uh, j- just in my mind, these this new generation will be um, just using voice. They won't even be using any keyboards or or, or anything in the future. Uh, but for the current generation, there's a huge set of uh, people who are not really conversant with smartphones, right? If you look at the senior uh, citizens, a lot of them are you know they manage to use it, and and we hear a lot of adoption of Facebook by seniors. But uh, when it comes to something like this, uh, they might be much more prone to use a voice-based um, technology than go, um, you know, play around with the screens. The challenge that I see mm-hmm. is I've got to, as a, as a practitioner, as mm-hmm. someone who is desiring patients to interact with a device, mm-hmm. I've got to get them to go to it to speak. I've got to get them to go to it to be interested mm-hmm. in it. It's got to be more than just sending me as the patient information. We have mm-hmm. to create a system in which the patient goes towards that tool um, with your particular cascade inside of Alexa on the back end. How are you doing that successfully? Well, you know, I think uh, I would look at it in a, in a different way. You know, so when we look at it, the, the challenges around medication adherence, I think, is, is primarily among... A certain demographic okay so this is uh, the issues more among seniors and then when you come to patients who are in nursing homes or uh, other uh, you know care facilities where they have long-term care needs and all that um, many of them are not in a position to use smartphones so for them having a device like Alexa on the bedside I think is 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 a very convenient right so the I think that is a, a path of uh, minimum resistance is how I see that, if, if you look at that population specifically. So, some, yeah, some people won't adhere to their medicine no matter what it is you try to do. Mm-hmm. But for people who are – what I hear you saying, Tachi, is for people who are interested, uh, Alexa and its various hardware form factors, the Echo, the Tap, the Dot – 
the Echo Show now uh, present an opportunity to where people who are trying to adhere to it uh, don't have as much of a hill to climb as they might with a smartphone. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think that's that's yeah. So it is one more tool in the arsenal. So uh, Echo by itself does not solve the problem. It is a, and that is where we were talking about a multi-channel approach to medication adherence. And so we were building out, you know, apart from uh, the voice piece of it, we are also building out on the platform, smartphone apps on both uh, Android and, and uh, iPhone. Um, okay. Yeah, and then also making it web compatible uh, when it comes to some of the other uses of the system was to use the web. So that's, so it, it is, it, it is um, you know, one very critical component in the, the whole um, set of things that we have um, at our disposal. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, we greatly appreciate you, yeah, Saji, for joining appreciate us. It. Appreciate you sharing information about your med info. If someone wants to reach out to you, Saji, about your med info, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, www.yourmedinfo.com. And they can contact you through the site? Yep. Okay. Perfect. Excellent. So thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate you. And for the Voice of Healthcare, until next time.